Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 435, August 11th, 2020. 97 degrees on this day in 1947. This was the middle of three straight days setting a high temperature record in 1947. And it was 47 degrees on two occasions, 1968 and 2004. These weather records brought to you for, uh, by Aquaside for my amusement. Aquaside has been keeping your lakefront free of weeds for more than 60 years. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Hi, Joe. My youngest is off to college this week, and I'm an empty nester. Thought I'd share this picture with you because this gal was the big baby belly you autographed when I was a week shy of my due date and trying to eat my way into labor at the state fair. (laughs) She's a lovely girl, smart, hardworking, and kind-hearted, heading off to academia to fulfill her lifelong dream of being a teacher. She's got a good head on her shoulders, and although I shudder at what she'll be exposed to at the University of Minnesota Morris, I think she'll be okay. Her brother graduated from there last year and remains a pro-life conservative, although he drank the Kool-Aid on global warming. In the scheme of things, I'm willing to overlook that because we have bigger (laughs) fish to fry. Thought you might like to see this kid all grown up. Grace Elizabeth Mary Marshall. Good luck, Mary D. Marshall. And there's a picture of uh, Grace. Good-looking kid. And she's holding up. The AM 1500 jersey her pregnant mother wore to the fair nice. 18 years ago, I suppose it would be something. Signed by me, the Rook, and it looks like Roycey. So uh, thank you, Mary. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. You know, and based off of the um, conversation that you and Patrick were having on Monday Night Sports Talk yesterday, we did get an email this morning because you were referencing the baby walk, and a guy wanted to know if there will be a virtual baby walk for uh, the state fair this year with uh, Monday Night Sports Talk. Are you guys No, we don't that? Uh, we don't do that anymore. Got Chris. it. Got it. Okay. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> Let me call up a story that's too long to print. How was Monday Night Sports Talk yesterday, Such? Is it, it worth fun. Uh, it is was it worth fun. our time? It was fun. <laughs> Can I ignore it? <laughs> now we did some more reminiscing. Although oh, John, okay. you'll love this. Uh, Joe did ask, "What are those people in the stands at the baseball games?" And Patrick answered, "Those are fatheads." And Joe said, "No, no, I, I, I get that." Uh, <laughs> yeah, he actually thought <laughs> you meant that, that I thought those things. cardboard faces were real people. <laughs> no, I meant there are there are a smattering of real humans in the stands. I'm, I can only yeah, conclude that I, that's team personnel or whatever. I really, team. really hope when you two uh, end up so old and decrepit that you're in an old folks' home that we shove a mic in front of your faces <laughs> oh, so we can listen to that. Just bizarre <laughs> rambling between those two. <laughs> like, you need a lot of beeps, though, at that point. I, think. Oh, yeah. I actually have a preview of that, Kenny. It'll sound a lot like this. Hello? Hey, how are you? How are you? Where's Where's the party? party? Boys, uh, uh, things are getting uh, stranger and stranger. The, uh, what, uh, damage is approaching almost $100 million on Michigan Avenue in Chicago Sunday night. Uh, And it's an important story because... What was the uh, figure? What did you just say? It's approaching, it's between 60 and 100 uh, $100 million, 60 million to $100 million in damage. 
And it's an important story because uh, things are coming to a head. Uh, And it's very important to understand that this was done in the name of Black Lives Matter. She was done. This was done in the names uh, in the name of Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter Chicago said early Monday's looting of stores was a form of reparations. As the group held a protest Monday night in support of the more than 100 people arrested after an evening of violence. So, so Black Lives Matter, after they've destroyed Michigan Avenue storefronts, they now gather in front of the police station to protest the fact that 100 people got arrested for it. Downtown Chicago was otherwise quiet after authorities cut off access with drawbridges leading into the city, pulled up and freeway exits blocked after riots sparked by a false rumor of a child shot by police. At least 13 police officers were injured as the violence claimed, an, here it is, the violence claimed an estimated $65 million in property damage. Ariel Atkins, a BLM organizer, called the looting reparations. I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike store because that makes sure that person eats, Atkins said. That makes sure that person has clothes. Anything they wanted to take, they can take because these businesses have insurance. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. I had now, that in my news now, and I yeah, thought, yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, now it's important to note, too, that what Black Lives Matter is claiming is that they were compelled to take to the streets uh, seeking justice, uh, quote-unquote, because they, they had heard that a child was shot by police. Uh, no, the man whose action sparked the unrest is 20-year-old Latrell Allen. He was a tar- charged with attempted murder of police. Allen, who had previous arrests for child endangerment, domestic battery, and burglary, was confronted by police on Sunday afternoon and fled, turning around and shooting multiple rounds at officers as he fled. He was shot and injured by police returning fire, and rumor then spread that a child had been killed by officers. Social media was soon alight with rallying cries for protests and looting, and that's why these uh, uh, criminals went downtown Chicago and destroyed as much as they they could possibly destroy on Miracle Mile, uh, only for us to discover that Black Lives Matter not only uh, not only is proudly taking credit for it, but uh, insisting that this is their due in the form of reparations. I got a great email from uh, our friend Bill Stein in Aiken, Minnesota, who has had thoughts on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life, and among them, as I quickly go through my uh, uh, email here, among them, uh, as he notes, as Black Lives Matter is now worth literally billions of dollars, they should be made to pay for all the devastation done in their name. They owe us, guess what, reparations. Pushing back from my weed-free lakeshore, Bill Stein. He also laments uh, how much he misses Vince Flynn and how interesting it would be to have Vince with us during this time uh, as the world is on fire and we ain't got no Mitch Rapp. Uh, in any event, the Black Lives Matter is claiming uh, responsibility for this destruction and they are doing so in the name of the belief that this is reparations and they get to do whatever they want because these buildings and uh, commercial entities have insurance. Uh, we also note... We also note, I'm, I'm drawing, going to go full circle to the point I intend to make, Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox's office has dismissed more than 25,000 felony cases. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox has dismissed more than 25,000 felony cases, including cases, uh, including murder cases, during her tenure from November 2019. This is according to an analysis by the Chicago Tribune based on data from the Cook County State's Attorney Office. Uh, 
what's it say here? Uh, she uh, uh, joined by Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson. Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox announces that charges have been filed against singer R. Kelly on February. Oh, they're giving me the uh, a, a photo caption there. Uh, during uh, Fox's first three years as the county's top, top prosecutor, her office dropped all charges against 29.9% of felony defendants. The report revealed Fox is dismissing cases at a 35% higher rate than her predecessor, Anita Alvarez. For the last three years of Anita Alvarez's tenure, the rate was 19.4%. But then Fox won the race, remember, funded by, in part by George Soros. The Tribune reported that Fox does not dispute these findings, but she argued that the statistics give an incomplete picture of her commitment to keeping the public safe. It's always eye-opening to be able to look at our own data and compare it to my predecessor, Fox told the newspaper. I can't reconcile what her decision-making was and how they chose to dismiss cases in the past, but I will say that this administration has been clear and that our focus would be on violent crime and making sure that our resources and intention would go to addressing violent crime. She noted that her office has also dismissed cases against low-level, nonviolent offenders so prosecutors can concentrate on crimes of violence. Uh, according to the Tribune, however, Fox's higher rates of dropped cases, including people accused of murder, shootings, sex crimes, and attacks on police officers, as well as drug offenses, and that the outlet says has driven much of Chicago's street violence. Uh, in the three-year period analyzed, Fox's office dropped 8.1% of homicide cases, 9.5% of felony sex crime cases, compared with 5.3% homicide and 6.5% felony sex under Alvarez. Uh, Fox will say that uh, she felt that those uh, were worthy of dismissal because she didn't feel they were strong cases. Huh. So now, wow. however stretched it might be there there is fated to be a link between this lack of judicial discipline and the criminal behavior that's on the increase in chicago now again I, I would imagine she would argue, look, I dropped those cases because we didn't think we had a strong enough case. Okay, uh, chances are they're bad guys, but innocent until proven guilty. I'll get to Jay Whithoff's uh, email in a moment. He's a good thinker, and he's been straightening me out on some things. But uh, without, without question, there are people back on the streets who were, were deemed worthy of arrest, and then I suppose what her office finds is that, well, we don't think that case is strong enough to prosecute, so she, she has dropped uh, many, many uh, cases. On August 2nd, the number of people killed in Chicago hit 450, up 55% from 291 the previous year. Shootings were up 48%, jumping from 1,220 to 1,804, according to Chicago police data. Fox said her policies have not led to the spike in violent crime, which she notes occurred during a pandemic in time of civil unrest. The fact that we've had three years of my policies that have been put in place and over the three years we did not see an increase in violent crime would suggest to me that that is a not a logical outcome, she said, meaning her policies. Uh, 
Fox vowed to reform the criminal justice system and reduce the population of Cook County Jail after being elected in 2016. She is up for re-election this November. The most well-known case where Fox's office dropped all felony charges was for Empire actor Jussie Smollett, who was accused of staging a racist and homophobic attack on himself. Uh, prosecutors in 2019 moved to dismiss all 16 charges against Smollett. All right. Well. Black Lives Matter, in the name of Black Lives Matter, uh, criminals destroyed property Sunday night in downtown Chicago. And speaking for them, speaking for them, where did I... Where did I put? Oh, it's right here. Speaking for them, I believe it's a female, Ariel. It is. Uh, it is, Johnny. Yep. I saw Johnny. some video of her, yes. Yeah. I, I tried to find audio of her making this statement, and I, I couldn't do it. Ariel Atkins, a BLM organizer, called the looting reparations. I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike store because that makes sure that that person eats, Atkins said. That makes sure that person has clothes. Anything they wanted to take, they can take because these businesses have insurance. That's stunning. Now, I wonder, I find myself wondering, uh, of course, Black Lives Matter, as individual human beings, of course, Black Lives Matter. But the group is uh, virtually, Sunday night was behaving as a domestic terrorism group. Is there any, is that a hyperbole? Is that hyperbole? No, no, no. no, Not at all. Plainly obvious. And I continue to wonder what's going to happen to professional sports, which can be directly linked to this. Professional sports has gone overboard in being participants in the Black Lives Matter movement. And here, in the name of Black Lives Matter, by their own admission, they trashed Michigan Avenue Sunday night. They've trashed other places. And yet the NBA and Major League Baseball and uh, NFL and to a certain extent the NHL, they're, they're putting the Black Lives Matter uh, logo on their uh, floors, uh, on their boards, uh, in end zones, uh, on scoreboards. And, uh, you know, there's still a couple hundred million people that see through this. A couple of hundred million people in this country who actually like this country do not want to see it destroyed under the false pretenses of this domestic terrorist group. And here's Major League Baseball sitting there thinking they're woke. No, they're stupid. Uh, uh, Kelsey sent me a piece from Breitbart showing how the ratings are paltry for what has been televised so far in baseball and basketball. The ratings are paltry. I told you before the show that I was talking to a gentleman on Sunday after our our game, and he was a long-time twin season ticket holder, and he basically said, they're never getting another nickel from me. No, and what needs to be, uh, the distinction that needs to be drawn there does not mean that that fellow is opposed to the health and well-being of black Americans. No, just no, absolutely not. His brother, What he's opposed to is exactly what we're talking about. They're being duped. Mm -hmm. They are being duped big time. And I, I don't know how they can fix it because the way the culture's going right now, can you imagine what they'd be accused of if they withdrew their support? Oh. Okay, that's where I have another theory. 
Okay. And uh, I, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the air, but I, I developed this theory as the riots were happening here in South Minneapolis. And I started seeing signs going up in the windows of businesses where um, R.I.P. George Floyd and mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter and messages like that. And my cynical brain, <clears throat> always thinking of the conspiracy side, wondered, are they doing that just to prevent damage or further damage to their establishments? And then that's what I've been thinking about these sports teams, the same thing. Do they actually truly believe this? Or are they just doing this so they're not targeted? They're doing it so they're not targeted. What doesn't make it correct? Right. They are aiding and abetting a criminal right. activity. So you agree with me that they, they might not even agree with this, but they're just doing it just so they don't get canceled. Right. Exactly. Okay. All right. They're not, they're not willing to push back. They're not willing right. to take a stand. Right. And, and their positions, uh, I hate to say this, are understandable. Right. There's no the, the Minnesota Twins don't exist unless they sell tickets. Right. But these teams are going to begin not to exist because even if we can get back in the ballparks, as I said, there's a good 200, 250 million people in this country who still love this country. They see through this BS. They see right through it. And they're not going to support it. I, I know, I mean, guys like Santa Bill Jim, uh, long-time Green Bay season ticket holder. Santa Bill Jim is a hail fellow, well-met, good human being, respects black lives, wishes nothing but the best, but he's done. He's done. Yeah. He will never, he's never, never going to renew his Green Bay Packers season tickets, which he's had for, I don't know what he told me, 25, 30 years. People see through this nonsense, and if you can't see... What took place in Chicago and analyze that and not reach the same conclusion that I'm reaching? There's, you're too far gone for me to help with garage logicianship. They trashed stores. I don't care that they're Gucci, by the way. Uh, they could have said the same thing about a suburban strip mall uh, with nothing stores in it, and, and, and uh, Ariel could have said the same thing. doesn't make any difference that they were looting uh, luxury goods. The motivation is they believe they're entitled to. My biggest worry, to. too, when we watched that, that footage from Sunday night in Chicago, Joe, is I'm starting to get concerned that this movement, we, we're, I, it feels like we're already outnumbered, and I think that movement's just continuing to spread, and that movement's going to continue to grow, and that us being outnumbered is going to just continue to increase. What do you mean by us being outnumbered? The people that want to push back against the people that think that this is the right way to behave. Right. We're well, being bowled over. We're being run over. And that's what we, it feels we, like. We are not. Garage logicians are not. We believe in pushing back. I believe in pointing this out. I believe that I'm in, entitled to point this out. Just as they mistakenly believe they're entitled to steal a Gucci purse because then they can eat. We've heard this before on a much smaller scale. I don't know if you recall the story. Yes, the woman that was mad about her brother being shot, right? No, I'm thinking of a story in Florida where the kids uh, uh, shot up a house and tried to steal stuff. And they said, we're entitled to do this because we have to eat. Yes, that's what it, you're right. Something like that. Yes. It was years ago. Uh, that's micro scale. This has now been taken to macro scale. The city of New York wants the 
the, the glorious center of financial and cultural crossroads of the world is, is disappearing before your very eyes. Are we going down fighting? I mean, I, think, I guess well, the question I, is, are we going down? Obviously, yes. we're fighting. Yeah. Are we going down? Yes. We're at halftime of a 49-0 to zero football game, <laughs> and we know they're going to score another seven touchdowns in, honor of New in York, the next half. In the honor of New York and the Vikings, can you call it 41 to nothing, please? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ariel Atkins, I owe you nothing. I owe you nothing. And you'll get nothing from me. I don't care if someone decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike store because that makes sure that person eats, Atkins said. That makes sure that person has clothes. Anything they wanted to take, they can take it because these businesses have insurance. Then you've got Kim Fox dropping cases right and left. Uh, you've got the same Black Lives Matter uh, rioters from Sunday night who didn't get arrested show up at the police station to uh, complain about those who did. So they quite clearly believe that their behavior was not lawlessness. They believe they are entitled to act this way. They believe they are entitled to wreck the country, along with Antifa and all these other organizations. I wonder, wonder how many employees are out of a job now in Chicago because of that looting right. and destruction. The Seattle police chief has resigned. After that. the Seattle City Council, despite an outpouring of pro-police support Sunday in Seattle, voted Monday to uh, trim 100 officers from the force and cut their budget by half. The, oh. Seattle, the Seattle police chief, uh, help me with her name, John, a female African-American who's been on the force for 25 years. Her name is Carmen Best. Carmen Best. And... Uh, I think if you read between the lines, as I did, she's, she's had enough. But that's, that alerts me to something else. That alerts me to something else. The city council in Seattle, which I would find very parallel to the city council in Minneapolis, they remain distanced from their constituents. They all turned a blind eye on the protest by Seattle residents who said, do not eliminate this police force, do not defund it, do not trim it, we need it. And, and, and familiar. The, these, these council people are, are taking life on the third rail to a, new, to a new level. Their actions appeal to only the smallest percentage of their constituencies and to each other. They don't they don't seem connected to the community. I don't want that foghorn. They don't seem connected to the city. They don't seem connected to the, to the vibrancy of the city, which they're overseeing the, the destruction of the vibrancy. Who in God's name would want to go to Seattle? How are the Seattle sports teams going to survive? I, I know that sports is not... I, I'm, I'm capable of putting sports into context, but let's think of it this way. Let's think of sports, professional sports, as a major economic driver, mm -hmm. a major economic engine of the country. And you put those under, well, what, well then when John, when's John Deere tractor going to go under? Well, and that's just it, because too many people are comfortable with the idea of it's just a business. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that kind of reaction. They don't get that. Well, once there's nothing existing in your city, you have nothing. You're, you're you know, you're you're Detroit. 
the uh, uh, Barry Clegg, I, I reached him today and left him a, a mail, a voicemail. Uh, his home was vandalized because of his uh, wonderfully honest Charter Commission decision to say to the city council, "Really, uh, you people are not ready yet to bring this to a ballot." So his well, home, is, his home was war. vandalized. Mm-hmm. This is war, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and everything you just said about Seattle, uh, basically, you're holding a mirror up to the city of Minneapolis. Right. Same right. same things playing out right here. They're on the third rail, and they're belligerent and angry and not listening to their uh, cons- constituents. I have never felt more unrelated to the political class as I do now. Yeah. They, they, have, they do not have my interests at heart, which are no different from anybody else's interests, but my interests are certainly not their priority. My interest is a law-abiding taxpaying citizen who obeys the law and does not destroy property, I'm not in their wheelhouse. That's who they're not interested in. Well, it's a, it's a despicable I, situation. I, I would take it further and say that Black Lives Matter and Antifa and all these other terrorist groups, uh, they don't care about either side of politics. No. They don't care about the left. And it's... It, it just dawned on me, maybe the left is just kowtowing to them to save their life on the third rail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is ten, after, I know we're, there, there are certain things that are up for election today. Is, is a night like tonight or tomorrow, do we, do we need to be worried? I mean, I know we have to be no. worried November 3rd, but... No, I, I don't think so. Okay. I wish I could vote in the 5th Congressional District. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Kenny, I hope you did. Uh, Do what now? For <laughs> for who? Well, anybody I mean, running? Ag- anybody running against Ilhan Omar? Right. But we'll have Kendall Qualls run. tomorrow. We'll have Kendall Qualls uh, Qualls as a guest tomorrow. He's running as a Republican for the uh, congressional seat in the third district, uh, currently held by Dean Phillips. Uh, he's what I've been looking for, a black conservative businessman who's had success and mm-hmm. has his head on his shoulders and. Uh, He'll be joining us tomorrow on the podcast. Kendall Qualls. I hope I hope he wins. If I wear my GL mask at the polling place, oh, is man. that considered politicking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I better better go with the generic mask. <laughs> I like Reeves that your mom put a string on the back so you can kind of let it hang there, yeah. and then when you need it, it's bing bang boom. Yeah, when she did that, I went, Mom, what what is this for? She said, Well, that way you can just you know put it on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can wear it as a necklace. The CP looked at that, and I could see the wheel spinning. Oh, no. <laughs> we now have a new wing in the... A new, in the uh, <laughs> somebody's going to steal a patent here. Uh, right? new, wrinkle, uh, new wrinkle just developed here. I know mm. how you love uh, you know, the words like you know Pizza Ranch and Rib City. So now yeah. your house is basically Mask City, isn't Mas- it? Mask City. <laughs> Mask <Yeah>. Ranch. <laughs> Mask Ranch. It's the Mask Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you, uh, was I telling you off air I got a COVID test, or did I say that on air? That was off air. No, this is the first time you've revealed it, right? I I took a COVID test today. We both did. Uh, Background us. Tell us why. I I got a buddy who was over here a week ago Sunday who subsequently called me and told me he tested positive after hosting a nephew at his house. The nephew went back to Michigan, got sick, tested positive, called my buddy and said, hey, I was at your house. I tested positive. You might want to get checked. He tested positive. His wife tested negative. Out of, and I have no symptoms. He has no symptoms. Out of an abundance of caution, 
as we've been saying. We got tested because we're going to be exposed to a bunch of our kids that we haven't seen for a while, so we thought we better check it out. But the point is, uh, it's not remotely uncomfortable. It's, it's no big deal. It's just it was a snap. Uh, this swab goes up your nose, and they go one, two, three, four, five. Next. See you later. Uh, no, sir, we need you to uh, trick, take down your pants and turn that's around. A, that's a different test. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, God only knows. I, I, I'll be very surprised if I test positive, and if I do, I don't even know what that would mean. Well, if you got your results, what you could do is like what Rookie did is change your D minus to a D plus. You could say, yeah. "Hey, perfect health. I'm good." Yeah. But if if anyone was hesitating because they feared. The intrusion of the test, I can assure you, it's 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 a snap. Yeah, it's I've nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. I pictured this giant iron pipe going up my nose right through my brain. <laughs> oh, it's a friendly gal all dressed up in her clothing and masks and helmets. And she's Help me out here. Do I want to spend $200 on the fast track test only to find out that I... There's no problem. Don't I want a positive result? I want to know I have it if I spend the two hundred dollars. I only I mean, did come it on, that this way. This is an investment here, Such. I only did it that way because I got a no by tomorrow. <laughs> I got a no. Yeah. Because the mother of the kid I used to have, if I test positive, she say, "Ain't no way you're getting near my kids." <laughs> See you next year. Right. See you next year. <laughs> So I owed it to them to do it. She'll, give it was, you, she'll get you a pamphlet for a nice apartment complex down the street <laughs> if you're test positive. <laughs> Say the weather is turning again back to summer. I'm tired of going out in the morning and smelling autumn, which is no longer <laughs> which is no longer a novel. What, is, what novel. is wrong with you? I don't like it, man. I don't like winter. There's a lot of swimming left. I hope you're going to get a hold of Aquaside. There's still a, a lot of August left, and the kids swim into September. And Aquaside, a White Bear Lake company, has been helping people maintain Great Lake shores for years with a complete line of lake and pond control products that take care of everything from weeds to algae. The products are easy to use. They work quickly. And Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for you and your family and those big slab crappies that are uh, lingering right there in the shadow under the end of the dock. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond uh, pond this summer. There's no need. Call Aquaside today. They'll help you identify your weed problem. They'll get right down to the specifics. They'll say, oh, you got this, this, and this. Here's what you need. Bang, bang, boom. You can call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Keep that beachfront free of weeds for those little heathens that are under your feet all day long. This way you can chase them down to the lake, pull up your lawn chair, and watch them. They'll be uh, squealing with delight because they won't have those uh, weeds getting trapped around their legs. Aquaside.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life, Joe Suchere. So, another nice week, another nice weekend ahead of us. Harmony Spirits is your go-to cocktail. Handcrafted spirits made right here in Harmony, Minnesota. Check this out. Go to their Twitter account and you can sign up to enter a chance to win one of Harmony Spirits bottles of your choice. They are going to select winners each month through the rest of the year 
All you have to do is subscribe to their newsletter. It's just that easy. Suchi boy, did you get your uh, did you get your delivery from the Rookster last week? I did. I got the Harmony Bourbon, and I detect a hint of smokiness to it, which mm. is my cup of tea. I mm. think it's great. I'm I'm I consider myself an expert. Yes, I think it's uh, absolutely <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> I, I do. Expert. I consider myself a professional. Yes. So Drinker. go go to your yeah. local liquor store and request for Harmony Spirits uh, to be stocked there. I know Elevated's got it at their shop, and so does Ace Spirits in Hopkins. And if you go to Ace Spirits' website, you can have it shipped right to your door. But go ask for Harmony Spirits at your local liquor store and help us help out our friends at Harmony Spirits. Brah. Yesterday, boys, uh, John, you weren't here, but I'm sure you listened to the show. I'm sure of you listened to the podcast. I uh, gave a ruling to a fellow who wanted to know if he could count a, a, a demonstration model oh, of a V8 I engine. I knew this was going to happen. Uh, yeah. If he could go. count that in his cylinder index. And I said yes, uh, because I thought he was doing the Lord's work, instructing young people who don't know a thing about automobiles, uh, how they work. Well... <laughs> visible v8 question mark really question mark does that mean i can take my crayons and draw a ding ding picture of an allison <laughs> of an allison v12 used in world war ii <laughs> perfect help <health. laughs> yep. used in world war ii fighter aircraft show it to a kid and up my cylinder index maybe i'm still upset about my kid sister stepping on my partially assembled visible v8 when i was 12 crushing it in me <laughs> Now I can take. Uh, now I can only take inquiring minds to the garage, show them real engine parts, explain their operation, and demonstrate how they work. Be careful, Mayor. You may just have opened a Pandora's box. You know, Pandora. <laughs> it's in the dictionary right after Panda. Good luck to us all, <laughs> Mike. Just a little outside of Duluth. <laughs> ding ding. You know, Kenny, you made a really good good decision yesterday by not going after the mayor because the beauty of that is. The GLers will take care of it for us. Yeah. <laughs> Here's our yeah. friend John Height, the guitar-playing newsman. Thank you, Joe. This uh, news update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Uh, one sports note before we get to news, we still don't know if we'll have a Big Ten football season this year. Developments Monday uh, did not paint an optimistic picture of football or any fall sport for that matter being played in the Big Ten because of the coronavirus pandemic. Although the conference has made no announcement yet, the Detroit Free Press, citing multiple unidentified sources with knowledge, reported that conference presidents voted to cancel the 2020 season. The report went as far as to say the vote was 12 to 2 in favor of canceling. But not so fast, according to a Big Ten spokesperson. They indicated afterward texting reporters that no vote had been taken regarding a decision on fall sports. We could hear as early as today what they've decided to do. The Free Press also reported Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren prefers to have a spring football season in 2021. News, it's Primary Tuesday, at least one Democratic primary here in Minnesota getting some national attention. Representative Ilhan Omar, the first Somali-American, is facing a well-funded challenger. In a, Well, not the first Somali-American, the first one in Congress, is facing a well-funded challenger in Minnesota's primaries. He's Anton Melton-Mukes, a black mediator. The outcome might not be known Tuesday night if the results are close because... A lot of mail-in ballots that can trickle in as late as Thursday under safety rules imposed due to the coronavirus. Uh, by the way, if you do vote because of the mask mandate, you need to wear a mask. For those without one, disposable masks will also be available. 
And any voter who cannot wear a face covering or refuses to wear one can vote outside using curbside voting. The election staff will bring <laughs> a lot the ballot of options, the- Joe. God Almighty! <laughs> <laughs> election staff. I don't know what. Bring- I don't even know what you just said. Yeah, if you don't want to wear a mask, you say, bring it out here. I think is basically what that God means. God almighty. Uh, election staff will bring the ballot to the person's vehicle. So it's like it's oh. like a drive-in almost, drive-in yeah. voting. According like to the city of Minneapolis. Like you're getting a COVID <laughs> test. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, this part sounds really weird to me. According to the city of Minneapolis, any voter who refuses to wear a mask or vote outside may still vote, but the incident will be documented and reported to authorities. Oh, for God's sakes. Wait, wait what? What? Uh, any, any voter who refuses to wear a mask or vote outside, so you're not going to sit in your car and you're wow. not going to... Basically, you can walk in and vote with no mask, but if that happens, it will be documented. You oh, will be fined and found. <laughs> wow. To find places. You. <laughs> Polling places are open until 8 tonight in Minnesota. As long as you are in line by 8, you are allowed to vote. <sighs> we have fixed something that was never broken. Vote early, vote often. Mm-hmm. He's driving around right now probably voting for Ilhan Omar in about four different areas. Right. <laughs> as fears spread about outbreaks of COVID-19 at meatpacking facilities earlier this year, the JBS pork processing plant here in Minnesota in Worthington repeatedly apparently resisted testing its employees, according to email records and conference call notes involving the Minnesota Department of Health and Nobles County. Why would they resist? Uh, Channel 5 investigated all this. They found state and local government leaders also held back public info at the height of the outbreak. The top public information officer for Nobles County admits that he, quote, was not completely honest when asked by a member of the media whether a JBS worker had died from the virus. Tom Johnson denied knowing, saying all of our information comes from MDH with very little detail. That's at the time it happened, he denied it. However, the emails show Johnson had been alerted the previous day by MDH officials that there had, in fact, been a COVID-19-related death linked to the plant's workforce. During an interview now, Johnson said his response at the time, quote, felt like the right thing to do. Johnson following the lead of state health officials who also tried to withhold public info about the worker's death even as the outbreak peaked. State Infectious Disease Director Chris Arismit acknowledged the deceased man's connection to JBS and other details about him would have become public, but she also defended her department's decision to initially withhold that information. She said, we may have a situation where ultimately we know that this death will be made public, but we will wait for that process because it gives more time to the family. Russia says they have a coronavirus vaccine. Uh, we don't and, know that, please. Uh, I got that for you right here. Uh, we don't know that. President Vladimir Putin said it's good to go. He said, in fact, one of his daughters has already been inoculated. Give me the we don't know that, please. Okay. Uh, we don't know that. Putin They're liars. They're a bunch of commies. They lie. <laughs> Putin emphasized the vaccine underwent the necessary testing and has proven efficient. Once more? Lasting. <laughs> yes. uh, we don't know that. You might as well just keep your finger there. You get it ready, Chris. All right, I'm ready. Uh, he says it offers a lasting immunity from the coronavirus. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> However, <laughs> scientists at home and abroad have been sounding the alarm that the rush to start using the vaccine before phase three trials could backfire. 
The health ministry said in Tuesday's statement the vaccine is expected to provide immunity from the coronavirus for up uh, to two years. We don't know years. that. <laughs> uh, Putin emphasized the vaccination will be voluntary. Russian officials have said the large-scale production will start in September next month and mass vaccinations could begin as early as October. Hello, again. Uh, we don't know that. Yeah. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture said Monday the European chaffer beetle has been found in the state for the first time. No, it's a big it's not one, the chaffer too. beetle. Oh, the chaffer yeah. beetle? Joe, oh, Joe you better monster. listen up. Yeah. Joe, this could affect you. Uh-oh. They're, they're, they damage turf and grass and especially golf courses. Oh, ooh, no. ooh. Wait, Kenny, is this what happened? Was this what tore up your yard? Oh, God. Oh, did, did you ever figure mis- that out? What a mistake. <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> Kenny. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I have a note from uh, Kelsey. <laughs> yeah, uh, a few sure. years ago, some of the golf courses around town had large areas of their fairways badly torn up by raccoons and skunks digging up grubs, just yeah. saying. All right. Yeah, I I can't narrow, narrow it down. It's either raccoons or skunks or both. Yeah. I, I have a tendency to think that it's raccoons because those little bastards, they travel as a family group. Yep. You'll see eight of them together, and uh, that that's the kind of damage I have, widespread damage. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I put that, I posed that question to Twitter. And, oh, oh God, God. I, I should have deleted that tweet. I got <laughs> yeah. so many responses. You should see the emails to the garagelogic.com website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, GLers. Thank you. According to the Department of Agriculture, a South Minneapolis <laughs> resident found large swarms of these beetles in their backyard, reported it to the University of Minnesota Extension entomologist. The beetle was discovered in the U.S. in New York in 1940 and is currently in states along the northeastern U.S., Michigan, and Wisconsin. Home lawns, golf courses, and turf growers can be significantly impacted if the beetle becomes established here in Minnesota. If you find one or you think you've found one, you should report it to the MDA online at arrest.the.pest at state.min.us. Uh, and if you do see one, you are supposed to put it in a bag and freeze it in case they need to confirm. The beetle? And, uh, the beetle, yeah. Right, <laughs> yes, yeah. the beetle, Joe. All right. Uh, hours after the uh, city council, you talked about this a bit, Joe, let's mention it again, voted to strip about $3 million from the police department and reduce its size by up to 100 officers. As $3 million? That's part of, yeah. Uh, I'll get to the rest in just a uh, second. We don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> police, police Chief Carmen Best, after all that, announced her retirement. Best is the city's first black police chief, leaves after months of turmoil that have made Seattle a focal point, national protests and riots against police. In a letter to Seattle police officers, she called the decision difficult but said when it's time, it's time. Best requirement, uh, retirement excuse me, came after the Seattle City Council took a cue from protesters who've made defunding the police a central tenet of their movement. The council's final moves were more modest than the demands of Black Lives Matter activists. Uh, they wanted 50% of the police department's funds uh, to go toward community programs. Uh, and as uh, Joe said, I think this one's worth repeating, too. In Chicago, Black Lives Matter holding a rally last night following widespread looting and rioting that caused $60 million in property damage. A rally organized by Black Lives Matter in Chicago. Uh, one organizer, Ariel Atkins, said, quote, I don't care if somebody decides to loot a Gucci or a Macy's or a Nike store because that makes sure that person eats. 
That hold on, sure hold on. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> there we go. That makes sure that person has clothes. That is reparations. Anything they wanted to take, they can take because these businesses have insurance. During the mayhem. Uh, 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 stop the presses. Wow. Yes, sir. Uh, groin on. kick her, please. Oh, I didn't know we were <laughs> that's, oh, a, that's a groin kick. a running groin kick. A running groin kick. As oh. soon as you can for Ariel. What's her name, John? Atkins. Ariel Atkins. That's a groin kick. There's... She is. Uh, I wonder if she's a product of the failed academy, because uh, she has some outrageous, outrageous thinking. This there. Gro- groin kick deserves this. Yeah. Oh. I picture in my mind eye, uh, mind's eye, the kickoff for a football team yep. where the guy <laughs> gets a good head of steam up yep. and then just delivers a huge kick. Right. I did do a little research this morning on Ariel, and uh, all I could find was that she has been. A BLM spokesperson for at least three years. That's all. Wonderful. Let's keep out. supporting the Twins and Vikings and Timberwolves <laughs> and Wild. This is a great group you're behind. Wonderful group. A swarm of small earthquakes in California close to the Mexican border is being closely monitored as to whether it might raise the chance of a much larger event on the San Andreas Fault Line. It's, it's 2020, John. It might as well. The largest earthquake on Monday was a magnitude 4.6, reported at 8.56 a.m. under the southeastern part of the Salton Sea, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. It was among a series of quakes that began at 6.33 a.m. It's only the fourth time in the 88 years of modern records that this kind of swarm has occurred in this part of California, and that raised concerns among seismologists for the chance it could trigger a bigger earthquake. The San Andreas Fault's southernmost stretch is not ruptured since around 1680 or 1690. Big earthquakes on that section of the southern San Andreas Fault rupture on average every 250 years, although there can be wide variations as to how often it actually does occur. Metallica has signed on as the first major rock band to film a new performance to be shown in dozens of drive-in theaters across the country. Oh, cool. This has become very popular with uh, country acts, but this is the first rock act to do it. They will be screened. Uh, it'll be screened, the pre-taped live set, on August 29th. Among the participating locations uh, will be uh, in the Twin Cities, the Man Champlin Theater in Champlin, the Long Drive-In in Long Prairie, the Vern Drive-In in Laverne, and Rivers Edge Park in Somerset, Wisconsin. Tickets go on sale Friday through Ticketmaster. Uh, if you'd like to watch the concert, 115 bucks per vehicle. Up to six people. <laughs> well, here's there's going to be gonna cars happen, going in there with 48 people crammed yeah. in there. Right. John, this is this is going to be fun knowing Metallica as we do. What's going to happen is people are going to record this on their cell phone, and then they're going to rush home and throw that video <laughs> up on YouTube, and millions of people are going to see it, and then Metallica and their lawyers are going to track down each and every one of those people <laughs> and sue them within an inch of their lives because that's what Metallica does. I have to admit, though, I saw them live at Target Center. That was a pretty sweet show. Only I'd go if they'd only if they played the two songs I want to hear to start the show. Then I could. I will. I will fight you. I will wrestle you, Such. It's not whiskey in a jar is one of them, right? Oh, shut up! And Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman is sweet. Enter Sandman is okay, but whiskey in a jar. No, they should be arrested for playing that song. (laughs) No, I love it. They should be run out of the country. I love it. Send them to Ireland. (laughs) Let the Irish get a hold of them. (laughs) No, I love when a hard, uh, heavy metal band uh, uh, can't hide their true rock and roll. 
controllability, and that song displays it. Well, it's it it just pales in comparison to Thin Lizzy. Here, here we go. Here we go. John, let's not go there, Such. Let's, I like it when I'm not involved. I was in just going to say the no, same let's thing. Not, let's not give him the satisfaction, Such. All right. <laughs> I'd go for the Thin Lizzy version, too. But uh, moving right along here. Uh, moving right along. Uh, that 100-year-old World War II veteran has finished up his 100-mile walk uh, joined by more than 100 people on his final stretch to the finish line. Uh, now, this happened last week. I hadn't seen it in the news before today, though. Is there a reason for that? Do we? Know? I have a question. Yes. How many did did he walk like 50 feet a day? I mean, seriously, <laughs> I he, don't, I he don't is know. he is really old. I, I don't think I could pull yeah. that. I couldn't pull that off. He's Mickey Nelson of Clark Grove, Minnesota. He finished up his 100-mile walk to raise funds for COVID-19 food programs. He crossed the finish line at his church just three blocks away from the house that he was born in and still lives in. Those who wow. joined him included members of a World War II reenactment group, Salvation Army staff, and many family members and friends. After finishing, State Representative Peggy Bennett pro uh, read a proclamation from the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota House of Representatives honoring Nelson, and the Salvation Army presented him uh, with a medal. He raised a lot more money uh, than he expected to. He thought he might raise five grand for the local Salvation Army's feeding programs. As of this week, though, his efforts have raised one hundred and ten thousand. Oh, nice, nice! If you're a hundred years old and still called Mickey, you can do that walk. Yeah, yeah, great American. He's a uh, World War II vet. That's the war that ended in 1917. Sorry, I had to get oh, one geez. in. I had to get you one just in. Come on. Had to. You had to you let just... me do one. <laughs> well, Easter's only 250 years old. <laughs> Such, knock it off. Uh, think about the judges. Just think about the judges, yeah. okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> People having sex with anyone outside their household should wear a face mask and avoid kissing during uh, intercourse. We don't to know that. <laughs> to prevent getting coronavirus, according well, to the you got to be safe. Honey, come on up here. You want me to wear the mask? No, I just want you to meet somebody. Oh, my God. But don't boom, boom. <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite Avoid. jokes. And I kept Avoid. it above board. Yes, you did. Yeah, yep. yeah, you did. Avoiding face-to-face -face contact during sex, washing hands before and after, and limiting yourself to one partner will reduce the risk of spreading COVID-19, according to the sexual health charity Terrence Higgins Trust. Ah. They said research showed 84% of people abstained from sex with anyone they did not live with during the lockdown. But I'm now it's not. Of, I'm trying to. I, I think I know what joke you meant, honey. This Perfect is joke. the. Uh, yeah, I want you to meet a friend of mine from the golf course. Only yeah. he doesn't say friend. He says this is the. No, no, don't, Kenny. Just I want to hear okay. John. Now. That that joke's done. Hear John. Okay, I think I know the joke. The charity's medical director, Dr. Michael Bradley, said, uh, "Sex is a very important part of life." And that's why as the pandemic continues, we all need to find ways to balance our need for sex and intimacy with the risks of spreading coronavirus. Where's the yeah, there's always the internet. <laughs> Grass fires start in uh, weird ways sometimes, but uh, here's a, a bit of a goofy one from Montana. Sure. It started in the Ravalli Hill area Sunday afternoon, and it was caused by a bear that had climbed a power pole, got electrocuted, and fell off the power pole. Oh, boy. Oh. The Confederated oh, Fire. Oh, mm -hmm. the so the bear was on fire. That's correct. Yes. Oh boy, started, that's a tough started. way to go. Yeah. <laughs> the, 
Especially for a beer. Right. If the fire doesn't kill you, the fall will. That's yeah. right. And what did he say while he was falling? Oh, no. Oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, Just no. the barriers. Oh, would you have to go and do that? <laughs> <laughs> Where's our bear update? We can't play it. Oh, for Pete's sake. I know. Oh, it's got the copyrighted Yogi Bear yes, stuff. Yes, it right? does. Yeah. Confederated Salish and Kootenai yeah. Tribes Division you know what? of Fire. Yogi was a pain in the ass. He needed to be put down anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that would have happened in Montemedi, they would have taken care of that problem <laughs> day one. <laughs> Did you guys see that, speaking of Yogi, the, uh, the Onion had a great uh, post about him, something about it. There was trying to protect the Yogi Bear statue, and there's six National Guards outside, so they didn't topple that one, too. Good story, Reavers. That's funny. <laughs> wow. Next uh, time anyway. you think about telling us something like that, yeah. you think twice. <laughs> Heavily <laughs> armed fans guard statue of Yogi Bear in case it turns out he supported Confederacy. That's I got the, you. That's what I got you. Was. That's good, good stuff. stuff. Good like stuff. the Onion itself said, things are so weird now they can't even make up good stories. So. Right. <laughs> the Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribes Division Fire Department Officer C.T. Camel said the bear fire was reported around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. They were able to get it out before much was damaged. Uh, as I said, it started when he climbed the power pole and fell off. Well, did we lose the bear? Oh, yes. The, the bear was electrocuted. All right. He was, he the was bear dead. has gone to heaven, kids. All right. The, the bear's bear is in heaven. heaven. The bear's in him? bear heaven. What you think he sprung back into action? Well, <laughs> bears are tough. They can <laughs> Just a little a, burn. Right. He lit a heater off himself and waddled away. That'll buff right out. Got a lot of wonderful bears. They're good bears. Good, good bears. <laughs> A lot of people don't know this. A lot of people um, don't know that. We had a bear in St. Paul the other day. We had a bear yeah. right here. Where'd he come from? Yeah. River. Yeah. A feel-good story comes from Lagos, Nigeria. An 11-year-old boy's dance in the rain not only touched the hearts of millions who saw his passion, but it's helping make his dream come true. Those who saw Anthony Madu's leaped and pirouetted without shoes on the rain-soaked street in a video posted by his dance teacher were in awe of his talent. So much so, the attention the young ballet dancer received online has helped him get a scholarship from a prestigious ballet company in New York City. Really? Isn't that cool? <laughs> what? Who's laughing? Did I tell you about that onion story? <laughs> the feigned fascination from Joe. Right. <laughs> Anthony will now have a chance to train with some of the best ballet dancers in the world. When asked how ballet makes him feel, the boy said, it makes me feel strong and happy when I'm dancing. I see my future like that. I'm going to be a professional dancer when I grow up. You know, if he had gotten a scholarship to a school here, I would have recommended that he get himself out to EcoFund Motorsports in Forest Lake and get the perfect vehicle for uh, the failed academy, which is either a scooter that gets about 75 miles to the gallon or a Bintelli e-bike at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Yesterday I was walking and two uh, guys were coming down the street on their e-bikes, Bintelli e-bikes, and I heard them talking to each other. Well, one guy was on a Bintelli e-bike, the other guy was on a conventional bike, and the guy on the Bintelli e-bike says, yeah, watch, I just flip a switch and it's easier and easier and easier. I can go up five levels of assist and I, I I think he probably is going to result in another sale out at EcoFun because the guy on a regular bike was perspiring heavily and panting, and his uh, his his friend was not. These are available at EcoFun Motorsports. Great youth recreational equipment, helmets, apparel, great service department, great people. 
uh, right there on Highway 61 because Garage Logic owns Highway 61. It's EcoFun Motorsports. Remember, those scooters turn every errand into, into an adventure, John. Toxic chemicals may be coating the wrappers and containers used at popular fast food restaurants. Oh. All, all of this according to a report titled Packaged in Pollution, Our Food Chains Using PFAs and Packaging. Don't we have enough this to was, worry about at this point? Uh, this was all released by uh, Toxic Free Future and Mind the Store, two environmental advocacy groups. Uh, in it, tests revealed toxic levels of PFA substances, a group of man-made chemicals composed of non-biodegradable linked carbon and fluorine atoms found in the packaging. The tests were said to be conducted by an independent lab back in February. Researchers found the chemicals present in packaging for the Whopper at Burger King and in the packaging used for the chain's chicken nuggets and cookies. The substances were also found in McDonald's wrappers for its Big Mac sandwich, fries and cookies, and in paper bags used at Wendy's. Containers made from molded fibers said to be environmentally friendly tested high for PFAs, according to the report. PFAs were also found in bowls and containers used at restaurants that market themselves as healthy and eco-conscious. John, that's fantastic stuff. Uh, 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 you're going to remain with us today, of course. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. And uh, we will resume very shortly. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Okay, so Chris Miller, the uh, GLer that owns and operates high, uh, Aim High Construction MN.com, along with the project manager, Mr. Sauerkraut. Uh, you hear that? Is that I hear, do I hear them in the background? What are they, you on they, stage they, for a Laurel and Hardy movie? <laughs> Those two were they were actually out at my place yesterday morning. They ripped out the skanky old counters and cabinets. The old flooring is getting replaced right now. They pulled out the old floor, the old subfloor. They've got most of the new subfloor in, and uh, we'll be ready for new counters and sinks, uh, one sink, uh, pretty soon here. And it won't be long, and this joint will be on the MLS ahead of schedule and under budget. It's been so awesome work, working with Aim High Construction. Number one, quality of workmanship. Number two, the timing. And three, the constant communication. <laughs> it's made things way easier on the old duder's brain. Even the roommate has remained happy and calm. I and hope to talk to them us, today. I hope to talk what, to them today, well, Kenny. I think it'll work for you because yep. it's worked for her. It's got to work for you if you have a yep. problem. Project, doesn't matter what, basement, bath, kitchen, deck, roof, a shed being rebuilt in the backyard for a very private, local, quasi-celebrity, whatever it is, I have full confidence that aimhighconstructionmn.com is the solution. <laughs> They're going to work with your budget, help with design. They can offer financing if you need it. You heard them. They're working right now. Yeah. Schedule. <laughs> <Wow>. Schedule. <laughs> well, if they need to take a tree down to get to that shed, yeah. Schedule a meeting, a design consultation, and get an estimate, and then be ready to be happy. Aimhighconstructionmn.com. We'll right I mentioned back. the uh, I mentioned the twin brothers yesterday from Gary, Indiana, who have a YouTube channel in which they react to songs they have not previously heard. And the one that so intrigued me was them listening to uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. Uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight now tops the charts again, 39 years after the, the release, <laughs> wow. thanks to that video. I, I also have other wow. emailers uh, who wow, want me to power. understand. Wow. 
people want me to understand that this is a thing. Uh, black guys uh, filming themselves listening to music they haven't heard. This is from Marcus who writes, I'm happy that you and the fellas have discovered my favorite genre of YouTube videos, black guys reacting to white music. I've been watching this style of reaction video for a couple of years, and it's always fun to see others come down the rabbit hole. There's something about these videos that is just fun and joyful. It's like hearing one of your favorite songs again for the first time. I stumbled across this article that does a fantastic job of breaking it down. It's obvious that people are best at bonding through the lens of the things closest to their heart. Watching other communities embrace the things we love reminds us why we love that song or text or flavor in the first place. And there is a pure catharsis in watching the breaking of stereotypes, whether they've been upheld by popular media or the people around us. It's, it is too easy and naive to believe that we're really all just the same, coming together in the name of rock and roll. Still, the complex reality doesn't negate how fun it is to witness someone embrace your favorite song acknowledging that you're from opposite worlds just makes the moment bigger and he he uh this is uh, marcus esme in columbia falls montana and he's he has a site where he watches uh it's called lost in vegas and they uh they're two guys that are watch the videos and then john you'll know this one uh mm-hmm. you might want to see this one uh back to the guys in gary indiana uh <clears throat> Uh, I was linked to a video of them watching Steely Dan's "Do It Again" for the first time. Yeah. And have you seen these guys, John? I, I haven't seen. Well, I saw the "In the Air Tonight" one, but there is one, a single fella who made a whole series of ones. He had never heard the Steely Dan songs, and the guys told him to listen. I don't know right. his name. I don't remember his name, but right. So, speaking of that, John, yesterday we we show Rookie and I showed uh, Joe and Kenny the video of the deer collapsing into the kids playground <laughs> to the beat of the you know the drum intro for that song yeah and now yeah. there's another one you guys of a kid riding his bike yeah. down the hill and he plows into garbage cans that same you know that same drum sequence it's very very funny oh, very funny there <laughs> are some clever people out there yeah yeah there are some clever people out there uh, Joe, hearing the new Duluth double foghorn gave me a smile. Over the past few weeks, I have found a new interest, tracking the cargo ships on Lake Superior. Over mm-hmm. the weekend, I learned why you hear the double horn. The first is from the ship entering the harbor, announcing its arrival and saying hello. The second part of the double horn is the port horn welcoming the cargo ship to the city. What the gentleman was saying on the loudspeaker sounded like Royce Scotland call. What he was announcing was the name of the ship, and he gives a few specs about the ship, and he links me to uh, a couple of webs- websites, among them DuluthHarborCam.com. Cool. DuluthHarborCam.com and, and MarineTraffic.com. And that, harbor from cam is, uh, that harbor cam is addicting. Yes, Boy, it is. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. is. So. Yeah. I always like it looking at it in the wintertime when you get some of that really cool footage at sunrise and sunset. That's really cool. Are we going to be joined by Steve Payne? Today? Yes, we are, sir. Our buddy, the uh, hockey player, he played for the North Stars, the painter. Uh, we always have seen him at back to the 50s, which was not held this year. I hope he, he's uh, forgotten about our fight. Uh, yeah, we I had think a bit of an off-air disagreement uh, between the two of us. Well, he apparently is uh, promoting uh, some sort of charitable event involving youth uh, as, as so far as they are going to undergo some physical training. Correct. And he wanted to get a word in on that and uh, because he's our buddy. He's going to. And when we come back, we'll talk to the painter. by accident than elsewhere by design. 
Here's Joe Suchere. And don't forget to support our friends at chillboys.com, at chillboysbrand on Twitter. The most comfortable underwear that you will ever own. I talked to a couple of people over the weekend that made their purchase, and they are very, very happy. A local Minnesota company right here. Fast and free shipping on Overs order, excuse me, over $40. Go go check out their entire line of underwear, performance t-shirts, sunglasses, and you can do it all at chillboys.com. Please, when you make your order, by the way, let the guys know they're at Chillboys that you heard about them right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Joe? Steve Payne. Hey, pa- Joe, how you doing, Mayor? Painter, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. What's this? What are you up to? Are you training kids to go to war? <laughs> It, it might come to that, as you know. We're talking a lot about it. I hope not, but you never know. But uh, no, you know, you guys over the years have been, been big, you know, supporters of the military, and you know that I'm, uh, you know, been involved with United Heroes League, which is based in Hastings for many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, last year, I joined the organization in a full-time capacity, and uh, doing an outdoors program where I take uh, military families out fishing with the, the athletes and stuff like that. But that's not what I called about. All right. A month ago, a month ago, we opened up a military-grade obstacle course at our facility down in Hastings, which is the only one in the in the state that's open to the public. To Wonderful. And, use. and this is exactly the same obstacle course that the military trains on in in uh, Ripley, at Camp Ripley. So this is an opportunity that we've created for the kids to have a chance to come down and train and and see how what you know how tough they are, and, and they do the obstacle course, and the, they'll have military people helping them out, and so on. And obviously, uh, we rent it out to individual groups or corporate groups and stuff like that to help fund our organization. So having said that, I've kind of teed up the purpose for the call, and I much appreciate you allowing us to come on and do this. I have the founder and the, the, the president of United Heroes League. This was his brainchild. He can give you better details and answer questions better than I can. It's Shane Hedell, and I've got him on the line with us. So I'm going to let Shane do the talking, if you don't mind. Hi, Shane. It sounds like a great program to get kids uh, physically active. Hi, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's, it's been fun um, and, and kind of a special thing with the crazy times that we're in. And it seems like every day you hear about another league or more sports getting delayed or canceled. And um, we've been very fortunate to, to get our course done early in the year. And we've hosted a bunch of different uh, high school sports teams out to get a great workout and get a little glimpse into uh, the military lifestyle for a day. How, what's it, what's the program called, and how do people uh, make an appointment to utilize it? Sure. Uh, it's it's called the Heroes Course, and uh, folks can visit unitedheroesleague.org, right. uh, or they can give us a call, uh, 651-319. 0737. Uh, either on our website, we've got pictures of the course and, and details, and you can uh, request a reservation, or you can just give us a call. That sounds fantastic. I would imagine a lot of teams would take advantage of this. High school yeah, teams. It, yeah, and and we've hosted a bunch already. We had uh, the Burnsville varsity football team out last week. We've had Lakeville North hockey, Simley girls hockey. Um, Chicago Lakes, and, and the kids are excited. I mean, it's an opportunity for them to 
uh, get to see each other, to, to interact with um, other kids from the team and, and school. And uh, I'll be very honest, it's, it's an incredible workout for them uh, and team building exercise as well. So it's been just incredibly well received so far. Do you have any, uh, do you have any personal knowledge that Steve Payne has been able to complete the course? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, no, Steve Payne is not even going to try the course. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, in his younger day, uh, it, it would have it would have been a, a good battle for Painter to uh, go through this thing. It's um, it, it's designed. I mean, it's the same course that the Special Forces uses through mil- new military recruits, um, and, and Painter would have given it a run for its money. Well, it sounds interesting. Give us the website once more. Sure, it's United Heroes, and Heroes is H-E-R-O-E-S, and then League, so UnitedHeroesLeague.org or .org. I'll provide a link to the uh, the new GarageLogic.com website for people that want to find out more information for you yeah, it guys. Sounds, it, sounds, uh, it sounds like something I would not be able to complete. No, you would not be able to complete <laughs> no, that. No. No. Hey, boys. Chance. Not a chance. All right, Painter, so, I'll so, get... No, the, 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 the rookie might be able to complete it if there was a cheeseburger at the end of the course. Yes, right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, best of so, luck to you guys, and we'll stay in touch. Hey, thanks, thanks very much, Joe. Okay. Shane, I talked over you. But thanks, Joe. Much appreciated. And before I drop off, i got to spend a, send a special hello to, uh, to my buddy, Kenny. All right. <laughs> he hasn't Hi. forgotten, Hi. Kenny. Hi. Hello, Mr. Payne. It's nice to talk to you today, sir. <laughs> Please don't beat me up. Yeah. I wish you all but uh, the, the best of health to you and your family, Steve. Thank you. And the, the same to you, sir. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Very cool. Uh, you, you just don't sass Steve Payne. That's one of life's lessons. <laughs> uh, Dave Bliss writes, I'm back in Bulgaria and halfway through the two-week mandatory quarantine required for anyone entering the country. This gives me a good chance to catch up on GL. I just finished Monday's podcast, and by my calculations, you are in the midst of making Tuesday's podcast as I type this. We are. I appreciated the comparison of Tom Rob Smith's books about life in the Soviet Union to today's political climate. You are not the first one to notice the similarities. My wife, Sasha, grew up under communism, and she remembers it well. She, remember being, she remembers being used as child labor for no pay by the state. In America, we call that slavery. She remembers the cruelty of the party. She has nothing good to say about socialism. She and her countrymen are a living reminder of the evil defeated in the West victory in the Cold War. A few weeks ago, we were out on an evening walk and talking about the current political climate in the U.S. We talked about how if someone says the wrong thing, he could get canceled get personally attacked, and possibly lose his livelihood should the thought police decide that his words violate approved thinking. Ideas and opinions are not discussed and debated. Rather, the person is giving an opinion is disparaged and torn apart for thinking differently. People are even afraid to share their voting preferences with their own family. The most chilling thing came when she looked at me and said, I've lived in a country without free speech. This is what it feels like. Good luck. Dave Bliss in Sofia, Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to reference uh, an email from, uh, let me get the, Jay Whithoff, who's written us before. He's a good thinker. And uh, he wishes to remind us that when we were discussing this uh, 
uh, fund yesterday that has $38 million and it's being used to bail out people. Uh, he wants to remind us that uh, that's the way our system does work. You are innocent until you're proven guilty. Let's make this personal, hypothetically, Joe. Let's say you're suspected of being the umbrella man in the riots and the uproar reaches a level where the St. Paul police actually come to your house and arrest you for the crime. This isn't an actual problem for you personally because your independently wealthy wife will have you out on bail in an hour. And you're innocent, after all. Everyone knows it. You hire a lawyer and charges are dropped. Inconvenient, sure, but it doesn't wreck your life. The problem is, in the modern idea, of a system where your wallet is the first thing attacked when you're charged with a crime, the majority of Americans do not have any free cash at all. None. So they can't pay for the right to be presumed innocent, to be free, and continue to manage their daily life until they can mount a a suitable defense. And that's why the vast majority of incarcerated people in the United States are people who are waiting to be tried. And Joe, keep in mind that a lot of these people are in there for nonviolent crimes, driving on a suspended license, for example, not just for serious offenses like rape and murder. They have to sit in jail weeks, months, years sometimes, and they sit there because there is no way for them to pay for their fundamental rights. They lose their job, they lose their home, and they lose their kids along the way, and it makes everything worse for everyone. And this is a huge problem because uh, people are literally charged for crimes they did not commit every single day. And uh, I take his words uh, seriously. Uh, Joe, I know it's exhausting to constantly hear people railing about the system is broken, but that doesn't mean that parts of it aren't. And having jails full of people who cannot pay for the right to enjoy a foundational aspect of American justice has nothing to do with a system that works right. Uh, the, the fund may be making missteps. I don't know. Again, this is not a rant in favor of them, but rather in favor of considering our whole history when forming opinions on this topic. Good luck pushing back in Minneapolis. Jay, I think he's got some great points. I think he's got some great points that we probably missed, huh? Yeah. No, I think he hit it on the head there. He's right on The Norwegian flag that was taken down by the bed and breakfast in Michigan remains in the news. The owners of a St. John's Inn who removed a Norwegian flag from the front of their historic property because too many people mistook it for a Confederate flag will display their country's colors in a way that people won't confuse the two. Greg and Kirsten Offenbecker, owners of the Nordic Pineapple, a massive Civil War-era mansion turned bed and breakfast, said news they had removed a Norwegian flag that had hung at the property since 2018 prompted hundreds of emails and phone calls from people all over the world. Displaying Norway's flag red with a blue cross superimposed on a white cross is a nod to Kirsten Offenbecker's Scandinavian heritage. Her grandfather was born in Norway, and the B&B's name is in part inspired by her family history. But in the last few years, people have emailed and confronted them for displaying what they believed was the Confederate flag. Uh, their uh, parents to two black children, by the way. The Offenbeggers removed the flag from the front of the bed and breakfast last month. But Kirsten Offenbegger said after a story in the State Journal about their decision went viral, people contacted them, urging them to put it back up, which is what I did. Put the damn flag back up. You can't, you can't be responsible for idiots. Many suggested different ways to display the flag, she said. It was something we didn't expect, Kirsten said. It's amazing how far-reaching this story has. So they're going to put up a vimple. 
You know what a vimple is? What's a vimple? No. A vimple is a Swedish term referring to a long pennant-shaped flag in the colors of a national flag used in Scandinavia. While vimples aren't official national flags, Kirsten Offenbecker said they are often displayed by residents in Norway as an alternative to the country's flag, which can only be displayed there during certain times of day. The Offenbecker's doubt of vimple displaying Norway's colors hanging in their front yard will draw comparisons to the Confederate flag. They have ordered their vimple from Sweden. It hasn't arrived yet, and they're going to uh, pute that up when they get there. All right. Because, How are you with that? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Although I, I would have preferred that. I was alerted to this by Megan from uh, the heart of Michigan. I was alerted to this by Megan. I'd prefer that they would have pushed back and just said, hey, idiots, this is the flag of Norway. Go look it up. Yeah. Because uh, if we don't push back, we're... Uh, what uh, is the size of your vimple? We're somewhat doomed, aren't we? A vimple sounds like the name of a Volkswagen, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. I got the new Volkswagen vimple. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, what's the mileage on that? That's ah, a brand new car. I got it from Countryside in Maplewood. Nice. Brand new vimple. I love it. I got a red vimple. Uh, they don't sell vimples at uh, Countryside, Schmelz Countryside, in the southeast quadrant of uh, Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood, but they certainly sell Volkswagens, Alfa Romeos, and Fiats. Great, great personal service. You're going to make your own. You're going to make your own sales appointment. You're first going to go to the websites uh, at Schmelz. You're going to go to SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Pick out the color and car you want, and then uh, call Schmelz. It's zero percent interest for 72 months, by the way, on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the new flagship, the Atlas Cross Sport and 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Then call them at Schmelz 651-243-4316. They'll have that vehicle waiting for you and your test drive, and you will be entirely satisfied. This is a multi-generational dealership. I've been shopping there for years and will continue to. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. University of Garage Logic, 98. College of Self-Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. Let's visit the failed academy, shall we? Oh, good. A math education professor said that using the phrase 2 plus 2 equals 4 to demonstrate the objectivity and neutrality of mathematics reeks of white supremacist patriarchy (laughs) the idea hold on hold on uh we don't know that Uh, i'm wearing this button out today by the way the idea that math is culturally neutral or in any way objective is a myth according to Lori rubel of brooklyn college she tweeted this out i'm ready to move on with that understanding who's coming with me well i'm not no she added in a subsequent tweet that along with the of course math is neutral because two plus two equals four trope are they related and creepy math is pure and protect math and that it all reeks of white supremacist patriarchy i'd rather think of on nurturing people and protecting the planet with math in service of those goals what 
uh, and then huh? some of the some of the comments said, "If I were an astronaut and you work for NASA, I would quit my job." Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand her. I, I don't get it. What is she trying to? Boy, we're working say? really hard to be offended we're really these are. days. You really are. If Ruble's stance sounds a bit familiar, it may be because she made headlines a few years back with an academic paper, that's the failed academy, arguing that rewards based on hard work are a tool of whiteness that oppresses minorities. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she prefers uh, lesson plans, a process she called teaching for social justice to live up to, to, live, to lift up disadvantaged students. The process is providing students from underserved, marginalized groups access to challenging mathematics with the critical equity-directed practices or teaching about social justice. In other words, dominant equity-directed practices do not challenge the status quo, she said in her paper for the Journal of Urban Mathematics Education. I have no idea what this idiot is babbling about. <laughs> what was the... Wow. Uh, does this fly in the face of that really successful popular movie a year or two ago about the black female mathematician that worked for NASA? And oh, yeah. if it wasn't for her and her ilk, uh, we wouldn't have landed on the moon? Doesn't I can this link this. Fly in, doesn't it fly in the face of that? Yes. I can make a link. I'm going to link here. here we go. I'm going to link this failed academician, mm-hmm. believing that 2 plus 2 uh, equals 4 is a myth, to uh, the wish by Emily Larson, is it, the mayor of Duluth? Yes. Uh, to yeah. eliminate the word chief. Right. What is under attack by people with brains this disturbed is truth. They believe that truth stems from patriarchy, and therefore it must be obliterated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a deep dive here. What, what this math teacher has gotten herself to believe as she paints herself into the corner is the idea that uh, math is not pure. Math is not objective. It is the result of uh, white thinking that has come up with the idea that 2 plus 2 equals math, and therefore it must be disputed because it's distorted uh, right off the bat because it stems from patriarchy. And so, therefore, she would uh, counsel her students uh, or teach her students uh, that it isn't important for you to believe the truism that 2 plus 2 equals 4. We're going to all go about looking at that a different way. I don't know what that different way would be, but that's that's my deep dive on that, that what she's after is... uh, uh, this is just another chapter in how she's attacking whiteness, and she's blaming whiteness for the idea that mathema- mathematics is based in truth. Why that? Why a black kid is not capable of believing two plus two equals four any more than a white kid is beyond me. And if you go back in history far enough, you'd probably learn that math had its origins in black societies in Africa or Egypt. So I, I just don't... Uh, I don't know why we have to put up with these failed people uh, populating our failed institutions of higher learning. It's and, a, and how they're does, an embarrassment. How they're does embarrassment. not one person involved, involved with that university raise a hand and say, what are we doing here? Well, she's probably a, a, she's probably a beneficiary of the uh, uh, tenure system. Does, that, does this fall under the category of the soft bigotry of low expectations? Of course well, it does. Of course it's funny does. you should mention that uh, I'm on uh, a page involving her and she uh, offers an analysis of the phrase 
the soft bigotry of low expectations, and oh, considers boy. its role in rhetoric about U.S. mathematics education policy in regards to critical mathematical inquiry. And uh, it offers a lens, huh? she says, into white supremacy huh? and tools of whiteness and their persistence in the U.S. schooling paradigms, especially about mathematics. Well, what is her alternative? What What is the alternative? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, what I don't. is the alternative? Two plus two is four. No, no, no. Two plus two is racist. Well, she's racist. Right. Wait, huh? She's she's making people less than, and then she's trying to flip flop it and make it sound like the soft bigotry of low expectations uh, is. Uh, I don't know, John. I'm I'm terribly confused. <laughs> well, about part of her bio. Listen to this. Her research interests include diversity and equity in mathematics education, sure. mathematical modeling, probabilistic thinking, and teaching mathematics for, quote, spatial justice. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have what? any idea what that means. Yeah. Oh, that's a good know. one. And you tell me the academy's not failed? What was it, John? Spatial justice? Spatial justice. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. i got to look that up. No idea what that means. No, she's saying black people are not capable of math because you white people shoved it down everybody's throats. Here we go. Spatial justice links together social justice and space, most notably in the works of geographers David Harvey and Edward W. Soha. The organization of space is a crucial dimension of human societies that reflects social facts and influences social relations. Consequently, both justice and injustice <laughs> become visible in space. Therefore, the analysis of the interactions between space and society is necessary to understand social injustices. B as in B, S as in S. But I, you know what? I give her credit that she sold this line of crap to somebody and, they're bo- and they bought it. We got to hire her. She's in charge of spatial justice. Oh, yeah. She knows all about this stuff. <laughs> This uh, uh, this paper uh, is about fifty pages long. Mm-hmm. Wow! All I know is length times width equals square footage, and that's the number I need when I go to the when I go to the lumber yard. <laughs> I don't you know, know if that's racist or not, but I know that's the number I got to bring in the in the building. You know what she's an example of? Having taken numerous classes, she couldn't possibly flunk. Yes. And so you end up just making up this BS. You just make it up, and how are you? How is it to be measured? How is it to be quantified? How is it to be judged? How is it to be graded? She's got these people hoodwinked. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. Yep. From our friend Tom Lyman. This was a big day on this day in 1992, August 11th. 92. A big day oh, in the Souchere oh. household. Big, big day. 92. Somebody born? No. Celebrity Um, birthdays. On this day, the Mall of America opened to a gala ceremony. Wow. An unexpected parking crunch and an estimated 150,000 shoppers who, as the Star Tribune would comment, took a vacation from recession and bought. Standing on what was the site of Metropolitan Stadium, the Mega Mall is the largest in the United States. I have framed the opening day media parking pass for the Mall of America, which I gave to the CP as a gift. 
Boy, that <laughs> gift that just keeps on giving. My hell of a gift giver, aren't I? Wow. You, a you hell of a gift best. giver. Is I'm that, trying to be nice to her. Is yeah. that <laughs> above or below when you got her floor mats? Would that be? Well, I, I I think you're being a little uh, dismissive of this. I I think it's a, a it's a it's still hanging in the garage. It's framed, nice framed. Yeah, you know. The opening day oh, you parking. You gave it to place. her, but then you hung it up in your garage. She uh, she took that parking pass on opening day to use yeah. it to go, and then I subsequently thought, well, this is quite a keepsake uh, for someone who put the car in D and it went right to Dayton's. Right. <laughs> D for Dayton's. Right. <laughs> I'll be back in four hours. In 1900, on August 11th. All 13 of the cars in Minneapolis raced from Hennepin County Courthouse to Wyzetta to demonstrate to the county commissioners the need for better roads. Harry Wilcox arrives in Wyzetta first, making the 12-mile run in 42 minutes. Hell, that's about what it takes today. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Does it give a, a list of the automobile, the manufacturers? Nope, nope, nope. Oh, and then one more on out. this day. In this day in 1906, the statue of Mississippi, Father of Waters, is unveiled in Minneapolis City Hall, an allegorical representation of the Mississippi River. The statue was carved from a single block of marble by Larkin Goldsmith Mead and weighs almost 14,000 pounds. And I'm embarrassed to say I don't know if that's still in uh, the Minneapolis City Hall, which, of course, has been built a couple of times since 1906. I would imagine it is. I would imagine... The Mississippi passes muster of the cancel culture, doesn't it? Father of Waters? No, I doubt it. It's probably come down already. You know what Spencer Grunhofer's involved in? Spatial justice. Because he's got to add space. How's that? To bring justice to more customers. Ah. He has to add 2,500 square feet. He doesn't have to. He wants to. Because his booming, booming meat palace... Uh, has been uh, so overwhelmingly successful with GLers spreading the word on the brats, the steaks, the burgers, uh, the skewers, the jerky, you name the meatloaf, the meatloaf that he's adding on out at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo on the north end of Highway 61. It truly, truly has been a joyful discovery for all of us. It's been just great this entire grilling season. Uh, if you're grilling, I can't imagine going anywhere else to load up on what you're going to prepare for you and your family and your guests. It's been an absolutely a treat to uh, get introduced to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats and have them with us almost since from the beginning of the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. That's right, yes. Uh, if they, in fact, they might have been the first to sign on, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that was still Mike Fratelloni, but yes, they were right uh, behind Mike Fratelloni? Mike. Okay, yes. yeah, Mike and Spencer. And uh, if you haven't gotten there yet, do yourself a favor. People are starting to make road trips from even out of state. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right at the north end of downtown Hugo, which is not a very long downtown, right on the east side of Highway 61, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Uh, Joe, Johnny, I don't know if you ha- uh, can see this on, there's a, a b- bit of breaking news. Um, okay. Multiple sources familiar with the situation have confirmed that Joe Biden has already forgotten who he picked for vice president. <laughs> you better have your drum roll ready. Yeah. You <laughs> didn't have it, did you? I did. I did. Yeah. 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 They got the the picture of him scratching his head. That's not bad enough. That's not bad. (laughs) Fellas, I have a recommendation that comes from a GL or a trusted source, a guy I trust, and he's recommending a uh, 
live stream podcast on you, uh, YouTube called Brent Weinstein's Dark Horse live stream podcast on YouTube. He's a professor from Evergreen College that took a stand against some lunacy going on there in 2017. Corolla's talked about him. Prager has talked about him. Uh, and him and his wife are evolutionary biologists and also self self-proclaimed progressive or liberal people but they've had it with the dnc and are pushing back i listened to half of their first podcast which was done in uh, march and it's very dry but it's really really informative and fascinating he got a lot of he got a lot of time on the show in 2017 because i remember specifically the story he refused to cancel classes because students were demanding classes be canceled for some reason i don't remember why and uh they of course rioted against him and turned against him and if i'm not mistaken he's left the school hasn't he yes he has uh they were in olympia and him and his wife have moved to portland uh, and uh, they're and pretty wife. upset about how BLM is being weaponized. And uh, so far, the one I'm listening to, they're still talking about masks and the absurdity or the need for them, you know, versus uh, one or the other. And it's really fascinating. But like I said, it is, it's dry. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of GLers out there that would really love it. It's Brett, Brett Weinstein's Dark Horse live stream podcast on YouTube. Thanks. The... Uh, the idea of a mask is just continues to amaze me. I just just don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. If, uh, if a store says mask must be worn inside, I pull the mask out of my pocket and I put it on. It just doesn't bother me. <laughs> what I don't get, it, too, is the people that think that this is some way infringing on their rights when they go to a business. No, that's, that's not how it works. They're, they're a business. They get to do, you know, they get to decide. Well, how about this? I had a guy tell me the other day he was in a supermarket, and a Muslim woman was in there. I think she had a child with her, and she had wearing the whole outfit, you know, the hijab or whatever it's called, and she's holding the mask to her face because she can't get it around her ears because of her her costume or clothing, whatever it is, and uh, so she finally decides, well, the hell with that, and he just, and even just quits holding it to her face, so then continues her shopping with no mask at all. Well, I suppose she would be uh, forgiven on what, religious grounds? Uh, I, I, boy, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's, this is one of those arguments I don't care to be involved with. I know it's good for me, and, uh, and I'm going to do what's good for me, right. and that's put a mask on uh, because I'm just high risk. By this time tomorrow, or by the time we go on the air tomorrow, I should have my COVID test result. Ooh. See if How, I what do you do? Do you get an email? Do you get a text? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, I think it's an email or I think it's a text to my phone. Got it. Yeah, yeah. CP did all this on the computer. I don't know how to have arranged this uh, meeting. <laughs> and you're making fun of me earlier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just know that I got to pay for it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I need your card. <laughs> well, Kenny, I'm looking forward to talking to your man Chris from Aim High Construction. I've got yep. a couple he projects. He should be calling in you shortly. Yeah. 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 And you'll right, be boys. happy. They're great. They're All awesome. Right, boys. Awesome. Yep. Very good. Hey, don't forget to download the PodMN app. It's the only podcast app made for Minnesota. You can find past episodes of Garage Logic and others about local sports, news, comedy, true crime, beer, possibly, question mark. 
And there's also a chance to win rewards each and every time you listen. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play stores. Pod MN. Listen local. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Garage Logic Podcast. Bruh.